The Brooklyn Crew drinking Brooklyn brews in a Brooklyn podcast for you. All right, cut, lads. I think we've got it. Welcome back to episode two of Brooklyn, featuring me, Zach, my roommate, Maddie, my future roommate, Blair, and my future, future roommate, Jacob. Um, as we kick off our second beer with a classic Kanaha Blonde Ale from Kona Brewing Company. It's got surfers on the label. So the Kona Ooh. Brewing Company uh, was actually founded by a father and son. Their names... Oh, yeah. Uh, their names are Cameron... Healy and Spoon Kalsa. I totally probably butchered those names. Um, but the pair... Cameron, right? Wait, is it like yeah, Cameron, comma, Healy, comma, Spoon, and all their last names are Kalsa? No, so it's Cameron it's Healy little... and Spoon Kalsa. I don't know why the father and son have different last names. I'm not here to judge. So it says, the pair had a vision to reflect the spirit, culture, and beauty of Hawaii in a collection of local island craft beers. So they created this brewing company in 1994 and set out for the big island to make their dream come to life. I found this really cool. They use roof-mounted photovoltaic system to produce an average of 645 kilowatts an hour of electricity per day. Wow. Preventing what would eventually add up to a whopping 16,830 barrels of oil being shipped to the island for brewing purposes. Double wow. Is that a year or like all together across the time of Kona Brewing Company? Probably the entire time, but I don't know again. So this beer, um, the origin story of this beer, it's... uh, title was the winds of adventure it's the first polynesian explorers ventured out across the south pacific in double-hulled canoes driven by the wind with their sails held taut against the blowing ocean breezes they sped across the ocean and steered north to hawaii bringing a courageous spirit and mystery of the trade winds to their new island home today adventure flies just offshore at kanaha beach on the north side of maui among the best kite boarding sites in the world, you will see colorful domed kites lifted high over the blue water and soar in the view of the West Maui Mountains. So I think cool. I think that's what's on the uh, label. Oh, is there the is Kanaha a kite. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ale with tropical mango added. So like, yeah. you'll just get slices of mango sliding down your gullet as you're drinking it. We love it. What up? So this beer is actually only 99 calories each beer. Uh, it's at a whopping 4.2%. And it says it pairs well with lighter fare, including grilled uh, grilled fish, shrimp, and salads. I feel like it's more of a summer beer. So that's why we're doing it in the middle, middle of, of winter. winter. I feel like any Hawaii beer is going to be a summer beer, though. Because even then, like their winter is still pretty summery for those of us that have moderate summers mm-hmm. yeah so all right let's open them oh i opened them but i haven't had any because we got a no. cheers 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 oh i like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very light but it's got you know that slight mango taste oh you can tell that this is an ale with tropical mango added it's based a solely on taste right yes because we're professionals it's not a brunette Nope. Or a redhead. Definitely a blonde. Yeah, I don't know. It's just hard to talk about the beer when you aren't drinking it. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Jacob, that makes sense. Let me describe it to you. Um, on first whiff, it smells like beer. And then as you sip it, 
very light start. Like you can hardly, you, you hardly know that beer has touched your tongue when it first enters into your mouth cavity. And then as it goes down, you get the mango flavor about midway down your tongue. And then as you swallow, it's like that little bit of a, a little bright pizzazz. And yep, it would pair really well with fish. That's for sure. Yeah. This says it's a Hawaii, a Hawaii American blonde ale. A bright, s- sessionable? Yep. Sessionable beer that will ease you ashore without weighing you down. Mm. Real mango fruit adds a juicy tropical flavor that is easy like the islands. All right. I'm going to ask uh, this question again. Uh, how many jazz hands is this giving mm. you? This is not a very jazz handy beer at any point. Okay. Does that mean it's bad? Is it a no. Bad? No, it's more of like a... Hmm. It's like you wouldn't jazz hands during a... Uh, it's like a handshake. Yeah, yeah. It's more like a handshake. Like you wouldn't jazz hands during a, I don't know, a smooth jazz song, right? Like that would just feel incorrect. And this beer isn't a jazz hands beer. I feel like the sour was because it was like super spunky and like if you can call the beer feisty, we'll go with that. It perked up your mouth, the sour beer. It wanted to fight you, it, right? It did. And it it did was aggressive. Me. It did fight me. I and think this it beer won. It just wants to slide into your mouth's DMs. It's, okay. like, it's like a classy <laughs> handshake, you know? This Classy is like, handshake. Wasn't yeah. sure that's where you're going with that, but yes. <laughs> it's the one that you want to bring home to your parents. Mm. Yeah. Is this uh is this is this a beach beer? Yes. It's a beach beer. Yeah, well I mean the logo says it all. It's just the a literal beach with some nice kites. I think I think it's a beer that you wouldn't want to get married to, but you would want to bring it home to your parents on like a Thanksgiving. Like, that would be totally fine. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could get married to this beer. I... I think it's, like, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Sometimes you want... It's one of those beers that... Uh, it's one of those beers that, when it goes to a party, it just wants to hang out with the dog. Oh. So, uh, yeah, let's... Uh, I, I, are we going to go with the, the seven-point Likert scale? You could give it a grading system based on the category, it, like, it declares itself in, right? So, this so would be a blonde. for a blonde ale, you could grade it on what how you would consider a blonde ale to be. Um. So my thoughts are either doing something like that, or having like a few categories that we grade the beer on. So like one is could be like re-drinkability, or one could be like first taste, or one could be like mouth feel. Mouth feel. <laughs> I feel like people always right. You They're like always mouth feel. <laughs> I don't even know what else they graded on. It's, it's always mouthfeel. It's the only mouthfeel. podcast that rates mouthfeel, you know. <laughs> the mouthfeel podcast. <laughs> that might be a good name for the podcast, honestly. <laughs> um, but the mouthfeel to me seems like one of those terms that's like so affected and like contrived. And it's just like something where it's like, this doesn't have any meaning. Like, no real person is going to be like, yes, I love the way that this food or drink feels in my mouth. I feel, I think that's just like a strange thing to, to come up with. 
Blair, are we yeah, marketing? Yeah, not your average person for sure. Are we marketing this podcast to real average people though? We want to be marketing. I feel like everything should be marketed towards a specific one person. Um, yeah, we want to we want to narrow down this <laughs> the the listener base of this podcast to the one guy who's just like, yes, I love everything about this. This is the, this is perfectly suited to me. So, do we know if Nolan likes mouthfeel? <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be a mouthfeel kind of guy. He he seems like a he would understand what mouthfeel is, even though none of us do. I think we should end on the mouthfeel. Definitely, absolutely. Like our last our last thought of the night should be the mouthfeel of the beer, so that for the people who are only here for mouthfeel, roughly ninety seven percent of our listening of course, base, yeah, um, they can just skip to the last minute and really get to the meaty part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. For our listeners back at home, the mouthfeel rating will be at the 44-minute mark. <laughs> 44 minutes and 30 seconds. We don't have too much to say on mouthfeel, mostly because we don't know what it means. Oh, we'll yeah, learn. It, that's it, it doesn't feel our mouth often, but, you know, when it does, oh. So what if we have four categories? <clears throat> Initial taste assessment. Okay. Drinkability. Okay. Um, pizzazz. Ooh, our third category jazz could hands. be jazz hands. Yeah, yeah. Um... And then I our think fourth good. category is mouthfeel. Okay. So sure. we've got initial taste assessment, drinkability, jazz hands, and mouthfeel. Yeah. The four How, things okay. you're looking for when when so scoping out a beer. When you give when you give this beer the final grading, you take the average of all four then? Yeah, that seems like it. Oh, yeah, that works. That makes sense. That's smart. Math. Um, I'm going to leave that math up to you, though, Jacob, because... You're a tech guy. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, math seems like technology. <laughs> it's in the STEM, you yeah, know? Yeah. Whatever that is. I wouldn't know. I'm an art major. Yeah. So I would give it like maybe a 5.1 on initial taste assessment, but like a 2.8 on jazz hands, you know? Or if we're dividing two jazz hands by seven. Oh, man. So are we, are we, are we doing a, a one to five thing? No, it's no, a one to one seven. seven. One to seven. Uh, okay, a like her scale. Got it. Like, so like her. her. I hardly really know her. <laughs> Thank you. And mouthfeel. Who knows? Got it. Okay. Oh, we we Nolan knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows. If there are ever any questions, Nolan is going to be the answer. <laughs> Glad we're picking out one listener from our 24 listeners. Hey, I'm still of a mind that Nolan has set up VPNs around the country (laughs) and then listened to it 24 (laughs) times just to throw us off his scent. I think he'd probably do that, but he'd do it in like cities in North Korea. (laughs) Our podcast is huge in Pyongyang. (laughs) They love us there. Our first live show will be in North Korea. <laughs> it's us and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Man, I would love to march at the front of one of those military parades. I... It would just be like us and then like some like surface-to-air missiles behind us and then just like thousands of like, you know, well-clad, armed soldiers marching in like perfect lockstep with one another. 
I just want to be in one of the limousines that has all of the bodyguards running alongside of it. Do they yes. have those? Yeah, yeah, that's like uh, Kim Jong-un's main form of transportation that isn't named his train to China. Yeah, what he has about... an armored train. Like That's cool. What about like a limousine and then instead of people running around it to protect it, just a bunch of smaller limousines driving around it? Small kids driving in like the mini limousines. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like, um, it's like those those the uh, go karts they have in parades where it looks like a miniature car, but the guy driving it's like sticking out of the roof. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. from our sponsors just calling you back just to tell you i love you and i miss you Uh... i saw that you had a venmo transaction and i just want to know that if you ever need money i'll give you some just call me back please history mm. so speaking of history britain what's up with those guys huh? okay i do have a question though yeah why is everybody freaking out about them leaving the family what does it have to do with literally anything about our daily lives oh why are people so crazed about it i it think there's so something fear. we miss in translation with being american Okay, but America's, like, Daily Mail, I think they had four out of their eight articles today on the family itself. Like, oh my god, his brother can't put his arm around his own brother anymore because he's leaving the family. Why is this such huge news here? It has no effect on anything that we do. I'm trying to think of the right analogy. Um, So, part of the power and prestige that comes with uh the uk is resides in the queen so mm-hmm. when you break that family apart even if it's a little bit that power slowly diminishes after enough time maddie you're gonna start hearing <coughs> british people lose their accents and i think if you look close enough big ben is slowly starting to fall apart Oh, you don't have to look close they've been renovating that thing for <laughs> years i mean yeah, once the queen dies it's all over. It's just baguettes from here on out. So you're saying when the queen dies, the accents go away, Big Ben just crumbles. Yep, yep. And the family They're gonna falls apart. They're going to call it soccer. Oh my, the, the horror. Tea is, will never be able to be drank warm ever again. They'll have to throw it in the harbor. I do think that um, <laughs> there's like... There's like a element of politics and like the implications of like their political system because like the queen still serves as like a symbolic role for like a lot of the things in their politics um, and she like makes speeches every now and then and stuff when asked to uh, but it's also like celebrity and I think like just like a lot of people there's like there's like always like palace intrigue stories that you hear and like in the U S like since we don't really have like the uh, like like a royal family 
per se. Like we just like don't have that, like that combination of things all like wrapped up in like one group of people. I mean, we and have the I Trump also, family. We have the what? We have the Trump family. There are enough drama as it is. <clears throat> the Trump family is like kind of unique though, because um, like they're like they're like all kind of like positioning themselves and like they're like using the presidency to like benefit themselves and i think that's like i don't know i wouldn't say like new because i don't know that for sure but um they're at least doing it in like a much more blatant way they also weren't just born into it like at least trump and melania weren't whereas harry was i don't know i kind of get where he's coming from of just leaving the family because it's a lot there's no privacy it does sound like, um, like my first reaction to basically every story uh, about the royal family is like just complete and total anger, um, and I, I just like, <laughs> I just like don't care about them, and I don't understand. Like, I just don't like want them to have to be a thing, and it just seems like they shouldn't be, you know. Um, but I was actually reading about this because it's like, okay, like, why do people, like, why do people actually care? Um, and it also seems like there's maybe, like, a race element of this where it's, like, there's, like, a bunch of racism directed toward Meghan Markle. Um, and so, like, there's a few examples. Like, one was, uh, there's a BBC commenter that, like, was, uh, like, remarking about her exotic genes and, like, ethnic oh. background. Um <clears throat> And there's also somebody who, um, that, like, commented on a photo of her, uh, Prince Harry and, and Meghan, like, they were, like, in a picture with a monkey, I guess, and somebody in the media commented and said it was their child. Um, oh, no. so it's, like, yeah, it seems like it's just, like, there's, like, a ton of, like, really insane racism directed her way, and I can kind of get, I mean, I definitely get why she would, like, want to get out of that situation. Yeah. For sure. Plus the stuff with uh, Prince Andrew has been oh, yeah. good for their image. <laughs> Is he the one you who had say like, his tell-all To thing? say the least. <laughs> so, yeah, Prince Andrew was the guy that was friends of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. And so did you see the interview with him uh, where he was being interviewed about the allegations against him? No. I don't no. know. It's like a BBC or something. Um, so somebody, uh, the, the interviewer asks him, you know, like, uh, the allegation was that you were, you know, with this young girl and she remarked that you were like very sweaty when she was with you. And like, that was like one of the things that the details that she remembers from the night and his explanation for why that couldn't possibly be true was that, um, during the Falklands war, uh, something happened to him that prevented him from being able to sweat anymore. And so in that time, he couldn't possibly have been very sweaty because his body couldn't sweat. That's that was his explanation. A sound defense, you know? I feel like you could prove that one way or the other. And right? it's now he simple. can remarkably sweat again. So oh, <laughs> it's back, baby. He's back. The glove didn't fit, though. It might fit now. But it didn't fit then during the trial. And then after the after the uh, interview aired, uh, the queen canceled his birthday party. <laughs> nice. So it was yeah, going to be a surprise cool. party with thirty guests that he didn't know. 
In this situation, though, um, I would support the entire buck, uh, entirety of Buckingham Palace being completely like sacked and uh, burned to the ground. I think that's a good thing. Do they have sure. actual power? No. No. So why do people care? Because they have a lot it's of just, social It's just power. like celebrity culture. Yeah. Yeah. They have power in the same way that like celebrities have power. Thank you for rewarding. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for completely mansplaining that to me. Betty, I didn't get it. You seemed confused, and so I was like, "Let me explain." Uh, you asked a question, and I provided an answer. Do we think? How much do we think this has to do with Brexit? Uh, it's probably more with, uh, recent, all these sexual allegations surrounding, like, this, uh, theorized circle of higher-up, you know, people in power and celebrities like Harvey Weinstein or Prince Andrew. I think it's a lot also to do with Megan. Like, she has gotten so much shit since she, um, married into the family. Like, what's her sister-in-law's name? Kate Middleton. Yeah, so Kate... Mia Thermopolis? <laughs> when, when Kate got married and she was pregnant, and I was reading this article, of course, on Daily Mail. And, of course. Yeah, and she was like holding her belly in like three different pictures, and the article was like, oh my gosh, Kate loves her baby so much. And then they did like the same article, same pictures with Megan. And the title of the article was like, why does Megan hold her belly? Is she, is this like a sign of vanity? And it was Yikes. like, there's just this insane double standard. And I think it's because one, she's American. Two, she was an actress and she had like a kind of like a following before. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just a lot of double standard against her. And I think they kind of realized that and they kind of want out. The British media is also famously harsh towards, like, anyone in a public view light, which isn't an excuse, but, like, they just trash everybody. Well, the British media is trash. There's, like, there's, like, nothing redeemable about it. Like, from top to bottom, like, the most, like, respected publications are trash, like, for the most part. Is Daily Um, Mail, like, an official media source? It is on Snapchat. But it's like a tabloid, basically. Okay, that's what I... I've always thought it was, like, gotcha journalism tabloid stuff. Yeah. So I always kind I, I of mean, that's, like, their it. thing. But that's okay. just, like... That's their MO. Like, that's what they do with, like, everything. Yeah. I never believe any of the stories I read on there, but sometimes it's just so utterly ridiculous. Like, the things that they're reporting on. It's like, Jennifer Lawrence left her apartment today in sweatpants. Is she okay? Oh, yeah. And it's like... Oh. Does she have cancer? <laughs> Her family has a lot to do with, like, the drama, too, because they're always coming up in these articles. It's like, estranged father said this, like, over the phone the other day to our, like, secret agent, because Daily Mail has secret agents now. For the secret agent. Are we sponsored by Daily Mail now? <laughs> it's my only source of news. Why is it your only source of news? Because I wake up and I'm like, oh, let's see what bullshit they put out today. This is, like, literally the most I've ever heard someone talk about Daily Mail as, like, a legitimate source of information. It's not. I just look at it, and then it's, like, in my brain, and it's there. That's how they get you. So, okay, this is the type of stuff that I think 
needs to be just totally eliminated from society in general. That we have the sun, right, which is another big one mm-hmm. for the UK, and this is the headline that is on their front page of their site right now. Um, in bold words, royal soap opera Harry and Meghan may threaten Queen with tell-all Oprah interview at summit. See, I heard Oprah wasn't going to have anything to do with it. <laughs> what is? Well, okay, for, yeah. First of all, what does Oprah have to do with the royal family at all? She's in Oprah. any capacity. Oprah has to do every with everything. She's literally just Oprah. See, I it heard... kind of is her thing, though, isn't it? Like yeah. Oprah, it, it mm-hmm. is. Like it's it's a thing. Like uh, there's like there's been so many times where like celebrities have gotten in trouble for doing things, and then like who do they call to interview that interview the person, like talk to them about it? It's Oprah every time. Is like, she? Oprah's, <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna like hold their feet to the fire, man. That's what she that's does. Her like thing. celebrity couples counseling or whatever. She just uh, gets people. Okay. All right, last I, thing about Daily Mail. There mm, were... Wait, one, one second. More one more thing about the Daily one Mail. One more thing about Daily Mail. I'm going Today's episode it. is sponsored by Daily Mail. Seriously. I'm going through it, and I'm... This is the most hype they have gotten ever. There's just so much... Okay, there were three stories on them today. On, on just the royal family. Of course. Is Daily Mail a UK production? I, uh, yes. I think it is, yeah. Okay. I think Rupert Murdoch owns it. Who? If I'm not mistaken. Rupert Murdoch. Oh, Rupert Grint. No, no he has yes. the um, he has the ice cream van that drives around and gives free ice cream. That's the best story I've ever heard of a famous person doing something. I wonder what Queen Elizabeth thinks in all of this, because you don't hear much about her, just like her in relation to the royal family, because I think overall she keeps pretty quiet. Do you think she really cares? I think maybe at some point she did, but now it's like well, I'm she old canceled. Enough. She canceled Prince Andrew's party, didn't she? That that is like because of a major like scandal where Prince Andrew could be a pedophile. This is like allegedly. My, uh, allegedly. <laughs> this is like, we don't know. We her, don't know. Her grandson he doesn't, sweat. doesn't want he to. Doesn't sweat. <laughs> Could you imagine never sweating? What would that be like? Life would be so good. It wouldn't. No, because you wouldn't be able to cool down. Yeah. But you wouldn't like, like, you, wake you, up in the middle like a, of the night. Sweating. You'd be a dog. You'd be panting all the time. <laughs> Pigs yeah, can't be like sweat. one of those like short snouted dogs, like a Boston Terrier or like an English Bulldog. That that that'd be you, but a human. And you know, <laughs> honestly, now, now that I think about it, Prince Andrew kind of like that, kind of like an English bulldog. Yeah, <laughs> pretty so, inbred. So, <laughs> so, Maddie, you were saying something. No, it's before okay. we got off. So on I have sweating. no idea where I was going with it. Okay, so sweating, pigs don't sweat, and that's why they roll around in the mud like that. Yeah, well, okay, I don't want to have to roll around in the mud, you know. I think that sounds fun. A little romp in the mud, if you know what I mean. A little, <laughs> a little, a little wrestling in the mud never hurt nobody. I don't. Let me see. I wonder if that's an, uh, humans that don't sweat. That's going to be a Google search. Who is the character that becomes Swamp Thing, Jacob? 
Uh, Arthur something or other. So the only reason he became Swamp Thing was because he was super hot and couldn't sweat. And so he decided that the only way to cool off was to roll around in the swamp. <laughs> and he's just eternally just covered in swamp shit. That's his new origin story. Alright, people who can't sweat. Apparently this is a thing according to the NFED, National Foundation for Ectodermal Displasius? Displasius? Mm. I don't know. You've got it. <laughs> You're doing so great. <laughs> um, some people with some types of ectodermal dysplasia are not able to sweat normally. This is because of this inability to sweat. People with this symptom need to be careful in warm or hot environments. Oh, and they've got a picture of a kid on here. It's, it's very creepy. The picture uh, of the kid. The ki- the picture of the kid. Oh. I don't... <laughs> is it just a kid with, like, a very placid face sitting calmly in a sauna while everyone else so, around him is just drenched in sweat? And he has, like, <laughs> this little smile of, like, everything is going to plan. <laughs> uh, no, it's just by himself. Dang. It's just his top torso, but, like, he's totally hairless. <laughs> Everywhere. Okay. Like, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, just bald... Uh, does does that have to do with not sweating? I have no idea. It, there's like no caption. There's no caption either, so it doesn't explain the picture. Go ahead. Go I think ahead. it's like it's like not common, but it's like like fairly common, I guess. It's like out there. Because like yeah, there's a guy in NFL like that, Ryan Chazier, who oh. like doesn't have any hair. My sister has hair, and she struggles with sweating. Like she's not good at it. Hell of a story. Yeah. So just, uh, just saying, the alopecia and not sweating don't have to be related. I think this would be a good time to transition into the uh, second segment of the podcast where we just solely talk trash about Zach's sister. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll be Emily, if you're thing. listening to this. This is why I haven't told my family about our podcast yet. <laughs> Needed to cool down rapidly. Well, have I got the thing for you? Sweat glands. <laughs> nature's <laughs> uh, nature's cool rag for you, <laughs> guys. Anyone wanna help me out? And we're back. <laughs> Thank you nature's to cool rag for you. Thank you to <laughs> Nature's Cool Rag for sponsoring us tonight. I would actually like to see, or we should pass a law where the like first idea that the marketing co- uh, department comes up with has to be the one they go with. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> There's just that one guy in the corner, and his, his name is always like Bob, and he just comes up with the worst ideas the quickest, and so their marketing, marketing budget just bottoms. <laughs> We really got to get Bob out of here. This guy's tanking us. 
But then one time, Bob's good idea makes him like $4.3 million. And they're like, we can't get rid of him. He did something. That's how he first got brought into the room. They were like, Bob, it was... Bob comes rolling in the next day after the numbers come out. And he's just all high and mighty. He just like kicks the door open and comes walking around looking at everybody. Who's laughing now? I told you talking babies pay off eventually. <laughs> All right, um, maybe we should, uh, so you, Zach, and Maddie, you've given your scores on drinkability, um, but nothing else. We also gave our score on initial taste assessment, right? You didn't give any numbers, though. You got you kind of talked about it, but you didn't give numbers. Oh, I thought I gave, like, a 5.2. You gave 5.8. 5.8. 5. 5. I, I gave that for drinkability. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, so I don't know what your... But I gave, like, a 5.2 for initial taste assessment, right? right? My initial taste assessment was 4.6. Mm. 4.6. And, okay, um, jazz hands and mouthfeel. Oh, mouthfeel still has some time to percolate. Yeah, um, okay. But jazz hands are low, you know. I'm thinking like 2.5 I was going to go with a solid 2. Okay. okay. Okay, so, Zach, you're doing a 2.5 for jazz yep. hands? Yeah. Maddie's and Maddie, two. two, just a two. All just right. Two. And is this is this a good thing or a bad thing? It just is. You it's know? not. It's just not like a very pizzazzy beer. Yeah. But it's drinkability makes up for it. So that's that's the thing. When you put a low number like that, it just inherently indicates it's bad, right? So, like, jazz hands, you don't want all of your beers to be high on the jazz hand scale. Right. So, okay, maybe, maybe we should do a different grading system for the jazz hands, then, as opposed to it's one to seven. separate thing? We, well, we only have two hands. You only have yeah. two hands. <laughs> you got them or you don't. What if it's, like, um, hear me out here. Two, we have, we have, you know, like, windshield wipers? You have, yeah. like... Barely wiping, moderately wiping, and aggressively wiping. And so for each hand, it's like, oh, and not wiping. So you say, state the number of hands that are aggressively jazzing, moderately jazzing, or barely jazzing, or not jazzing at all. Um, I don't know if I like the word jazzing. Yeah. We can come up with it. I think it gives it the wrong connotation. Oh, gyrating. No, we're not gyrating. So we've got we've got jazzing and we've got mouthfeel today. So that's uh, it's what if a pleasant we, one. We're <laughs> swinging <laughs> for can the we can we fences. replace jazz hands with another category and make jazz hands kind of like its own special deal that it's either is or it isn't. You know, what is the other category you'd want to replace it with? I, I don't know. Ooh, let me look at Untapped. Let's okay. see what they've got. According to the beerconnoisseur.com, they have five. Of four categories: um, aroma, appearance, flavor, and mouthfeel. So, um, <laughs> thank we, you. Uh, we could replace it with something there. We uh, could replace it with aroma. So, are you trying to say that someone else already has a beer ranking system that is predicated <laughs> around mouthfeel? Yeah. Podcast room. Yep. Although, so they they score it from one to a hundred. And so, like, the aroma is a possible 24 points, appearance is a possible of 6, flavor is a possible of 40, and mouthfeel is a possible of 10. And then 
the overall impression is it a uh, possible of 20 and they just add all those up and anything below a 74 is like absolutely failing in their opinion. I would understand that scale if it was flavor was a possible one, aroma was a possible one, the other things were a possible one, overall is a possible one, and then mouthfeel is a possible 95. Yeah, <clears throat> right, right, right. And then right, that's right. how we scale it out of 100. Mouthfeel, uh, as appropriate for the style of beer, is the body, carbonation, warmth, creaminess, astringency, mm. and other palate sensations. Oh. Maddie, could you mention right. to me what astringency is? <laughs> it sounds like astrology for beer, and uh, that's about all I can get from it. It wouldn't be mansplaining it, it if you didn't know what it was originally. Mm. And seeing as I don't know what it is, no. And um, just, can someone just explain it, please? Okay, uh, astring- so the first definition, according to oh, Google, is uh, the property of causing skin cells or other body tissues to contract. Um, the second definition is a slight acidity or bitterness of taste or smell. And then the third is the sharpness or severity in manner or style. So it's really all over the place here. Um, I'm, I'm going to say the second one is what they're going with. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Hard to say. <laughs> it's, it's too early to tell. Could be the first. I'm thinking it's the, uh, contracting tissue. So, are we? Do we want to replace jazz hands with uh, aroma or appearance? I oh would... wait, appearance would be fun because, uh, I mean, we can judge the design. Appearance it's really would shallow be fun. and meaningless. It's super. You're meaningless. shallow and meaningless. Blair, don't listen to Thank her. You. <laughs> She's so saying uh, mean things. So I would give this label like. The artistic detail and the bottle has Hawaii on the glass part of it, which is a nice little touch, you know? Yeah, it says a liquid aloha. So I would give it like, I would give it like a six, but admittedly, this is the first thing I've rated, and I don't frequently rate things on appearance. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except your woman. Um, Do you have a woman's so- act? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> I don't know what woman I've been rating on appearance, but... All of them. Oh, you should hear him. We walked down the street, it's just like, that woman? Two. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, those women. Do you, do you but do like, <laughs> Those are just women that I'm objectifying, right, Maddie. Right, right, of course. Yeah, like, yeah, That's okay. So far, we've uh, shown Zach to be a chauvinistic <laughs> pitting this episode, so that's good. It's a real strong time to be on Team Zach. Um, I actually really have enjoyed the look of the box and the beer. It's actually why I picked it, because it was bright and sunshiny. Um, <clears throat> I think their design is, like, spectacular. Their beer label is cut to the shape of the clouds, which I really, really liked. Um, so it's not like your regular square mm. label. They kind of put, like, an extra step into it. Um, I don't know. I think their glass is pretty cool. I mean, it does have the Shape of Hawaii imprinted into it, um, which adds, like, an extra step. And their box is the same thing as the label, um, but it just kind of catches your eye. So I think I'd give it a 6.5 for design. Okay. It seems, uh, now this is just my impression so far, it seems that uh, Maddie is a bit more generous with her ratings than Zach is. 
I'm not a generous person, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just that's just what I'm getting from all this. No, Jacob, you seem right. Nail on the head, Jake. Oh right. no, the head is the mouthfeel. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> right. My mistake. <laughs> all right. right. Um, I can give you this. Are, are we are we to the point where we can give a score to the mouthfeel? Mm. I'm giving it a five. A five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is it... So what are you getting out of this five? It's... Well, okay, It's to be fair, it's been sitting on the floor of the living room for about an hour, so the last beer was a little bit warm. But um, the first okay. beer was fresh out of the fridge, crisp, very... All three have been carbonated very nicely. Um, I'm still getting, like, the mango taste, and I've completely forgotten everything else you said. Astringency. What was astringency? Astringency. Right. Okay. Astringency uh, was off the, the charts. Here we go. That was the slight acidity or bitterness of taste and smell. Oh. Well, I had no astringency then. It had no, like, acidity to me. It's like, okay, it's like the perfect beer that you have in the summer, and... <laughs> Um, I would okay. similarly give it a fairly high mouth feel. Uh, five seems pretty pretty spot on. It's got the the aftertaste has like a tiny bit. I could be wrong, but like a hint of a stout aftertaste, and I'm not sure why. I think that might be the mango. I think it's just your mouth, man. In. It could just be my your mouth. mouth. Feels different. <laughs> my mouth feels differently. Um, mm. But, like, it's pretty creamy going... Uh, it's not, like, creamy, creamy. But it's smooth going down. It is very smooth. Um, it's a very smooth beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's All got right, just so enough carbonation you... so you feel it touch your mouth. But it's not, like, overwhelming. But it's not, like, oh, I don't know if anything has entered into <laughs> my face hole. You know? Uh, so I would give it... Yeah, I could I could see a five. Okay. Is your tongue, like, completely numb? <laughs> Always. <laughs> I never have any feeling in my tongue. All right, so I have compiled all of your ratings. So what I did, uh, and uh, feel free to tell me to edit this, but I have given the initial taste assessment uh, 30% of the weight of the rating, the drinkability 40% of it, the design 10% of it, and the mouthfeel 15% of it. Okay, I love that. Other than that, I feel like mouthfeel should be 99% and everything else should be like 0.3%. But that's okay. just me. Okay, well, we, uh, I'll, I'll make another Zachary rating. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, that is just mouthfeel. Yeah, just mouthfeel so, is 100% and everything else is just jazz hands. So this beer gets a 5 on the Zach scale. <laughs> Based solely um, on mouthfeel. Yes, uh, and so if you guys want to edit those numbers, that's fine. That's just what I did currently. Um, Zach, I can we to, get like a... Oh, sorry. Oh, I, I have to wait them still. I just keep talking. Zach, can we get like a cover song uh, from you of Electric Feel, but instead? Oh, it's yeah, Field. yeah. Bow, wow, bow, bow, Cares about smooth feel when I drink my beer. All I care about smooth feel. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, so with a unweighted, you're getting this beard's getting a five point six five out of seven. Is who's that by? Both of us. Yeah, by both. So that's like I, I averaged both of your numbers and then I added them all up and divided by uh, four. Okay. Mm-hmm. So unweighted, five point six five. That was pretty high. The five point six five and un and the weighted is five point one seven five. Okay. Interesting. I might have done something wrong, but uh, yeah, that, that's 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 what it is. So Jacob's weighting system uh, puts a lot more emphasis on drinkability. That's about forty percent, if I remember correctly. And then also a fair amount of emphasis on initial taste. That's like 30%. And then a whopping 10% on design. A stark 15% on mouthfeel. But that leaves 5% in the unknown regions, which I'm hoping just has to do with jazz hands reading. (laughs) You're right. Damn it! All right. I'm just doing some quick math here. No, you're right. Um, I want to put that extra 5% into mouthfeel. Do it, yeah, do it in the mouthfeel. Thank you. All right, I'll I'll do it. Sort of got Mouthfeel's jumping up to 20%. Gotta crunch the numbers again. Hang on. And in terms of jazz hands, just officially, I would put this at one jazz hand moderately. I'm gonna go with. It's it's a wave. It's not a jazz. It's just one wave. Just like a. It's not even like a it. a princess wave. No, no. It's like one of those like dads at a cookout that's like greeting one of the other dads, and he's like, "Ah, oh, hey, Jim, what's up?" The it's wave that. Yeah. starts at point A, goes, goes to, to point, point B, B, and ends. ends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's actually a five point six seven five. That is the final. Yep, five point six seven five. It makes sense because Maddie gave it a seven on drinkability. Maddie gave it a seven on drinkability. Are you guys, why are you judging me on my drinkability I'm score? No, no, I'm no, just no. saying statistically, you like, like, you, you put it, it, it. I'm not saying it was a bad thing. You just what you did. And drinkability is our highest weighted moniker. And I stand behind my rating. Alright. Fine! Fine. Is this our first podcast fight? Uh, Alright, yeah, thanks guys. Thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode of Brooklyn. Uh, like and subs- make sure to like and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Love you. Bye, Nolan. So grab a pipe, my friend. Let's hope this night won't end. Share around and watch the beer go down in cozy brush.